Hi everyone, what's your highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I'm Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary thing in their life, how their mindset shift to help them achieve it. We discuss their story of success and the mindset that drive them into achieving the impossible. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Today, I'm excited to have an experienced real estate investor join us today. He also wore many hats, like a real estate uh, real estate agent. is also author of three books, and uh, he also hosts a podcast. At the same time, he's uh, offering tons of value on the, on his social media. You know, if you're just getting started with real estate. Um, Alan Corey, how are you, Alan? Great, Benjamin. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much uh, for coming in. Um, so before we get into it, uh, you, uh, give us a little background on what you have done and uh, what what should people know about you? Sure. i am uh, been real estate investing for 22 years, uh, half my life. I'm 44 and um, started with nothing, no knowledge, no money. Uh, just I, I, I actually started... With, living in the projects of Spanish Harlem in Manhattan. Um, uh, and now, um, you know, 22 years in, got over 300 doors, um, published three books. First one was a million bucks by 30. Most recent one is house fire, financial independence, retire early, how to retire basically off real estate, um, and rentals. So this is a passion of mine. I love talking real estate. And like you said, I got a podcast. I've got two podcasts, one where I talk to, uh, called the House of AC, where I talk to real estate investors and one called Agent Upgrade, where I teach real estate agents. So uh, anything real estate related, um, I'm the guy who's going to talk your ear off about it. Nice, nice. And of course, uh, if you just listen in, we will include, uh, you know, Alan's, uh, you know, uh, uh, link, you know, to his uh, podcast and everything, his book um, in, the, in the podcast note, or if you're listening on YouTube. We'll include that um, with the link below. So, Alan, um, let's talk about real estate. It sounds like uh, 20 years uh, in real estate. Um, what's, what's, what would be kind of the, the first things that you would tell, you know, someone who get into, like, like what, what should they, you know, uh, educate themselves before they get into or uh, what kind of mindset they should prepare themselves? Yeah, and so... Uh- what I'll say is probably things you've heard before, but the reason everyone says the same things over and over again is because it's true. Um, it's not, you know, one of my favorite phrases because it's so accurate is um, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. So a lot of people are so fixated on, is this the right opportunity? Is this the right price? Is this the right neighborhood? Is this the right time? It's if you just acquire properties, Acquire as many as you can, anything you can, as long as it's cash flowing. You know, to me, my minimum is a hundred bucks. Like I just want to make a hundred bucks a month cash flow, and that that's budgeting for repairs, that's budgeting for vacancies. Um, just acquire it because if you just wait, you have a tenant paying down that debt, right? Uh, a tenant's going to pay it down. So I'm in the game. The way I look at it is, I want to get as much debt. Let another tenant pay off that debt. Let's go get more debt. Let a tenant pay off that debt. Let's go get more debt. Let's pay off. And so to me, this is a debt and weight game. Uh, And then the bonus is 
typically I make more than a hundred dollars cash flow on each property, but at a minimum, it, you know, choir, choir, choir. I make the most money on the ugliest properties. I make money on the properties no one wants to live in uh, as a homeowner, primary homeowner, mm-hmm. because those are the cheapest ones. Those are the hardest ones to sell. Mm-hmm. But tenants aren't that um, it, critical of a property. A tenant just needs something in place. Like I've, I've got a thousand dollar rental budget. Um, okay. This place is not beautiful, but it's temporary. I'll be here for two years, three years. Sometimes it turns into 15 years, but you can rent ugly homes, no problem, but you can buy them so cheap. Um, and uh, you know, it's on a busy road. It's in a flood zone, all that stuff where people are like, I don't want to buy it because I don't want to raise my kids there. Tenants aren't, aren't that right. picky. And, and, and it, it's, that's where you're going to make your money nice. on, on the stuff that you're not going to drive by with your family in the car and say, Hey, I'm the proud owner of this piece of property which that's what people sometimes think when they're getting into real estate. Uh, but if I show them, if I, Hey, look at this spreadsheet and look what I bought it for. Look how much money he's making me and look what I'm going to be able to sell it for. That that's what you show off is the spreadsheet, not the actual product. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's very, you know, that's such a great summary. You know, you, you touch on many great points. You know, one, one big thing was that, right. Get into it, uh, get into a real estate uh, and wait, right? You you don't you don't want to just you know waste your time, right? You, uh, if if you're buying for cash flow, right? There's there's a you know the timing of the market is 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 not not really related, right? You you may be buying at the height of the market, but as long as it's cash flow, it's a cash flow, right? Yeah. If you're young, like I started when I was 22, um, you know, buy something that's 30 years mm-hmm. fixed mortgage, your expenses are fixed. And so we're in an inflationary environment. So what that means is the way I explain it, if, if people are not necessarily understanding the economy and how inflation works is if I buy a, if I find a dollar right now in a parking lot of a gas station, I can go take that dollar and say, well, you know what? I found extra money. Let me spend an extra dollar on my mortgage payment. I'm just going to pay down my mortgage payment. Or I can say, hey, lucky me, let me take that dollar. I'm going to go in the gas station and buy a Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. There's a special for a dollar, whatever. Okay. Fifth, now let's fast forward in the future 15 years. Purchasing power of my money is weakened. Just, it, yes. It's not just now, always. Like Coca-Cola used to be a nickel. You know, Now mm-hmm. it's $3 a can, whatever. But anyway, fast forward 15 years, I find the exact same dollar in the parking lot. No one has seen it for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I pick up the exact same dollar. I have two options. I can go into that grocery store and try to buy Snickers. And the guy's going to laugh me in the face and be like, no, Snickers are $5 now. Like you can buy one fifth of a Snickers. That's what inflation is. But guess what? I can take that dollar and I can still pay off a full dollar on my mortgage. Exactly. So it's worth less in the real world, uh, but it's going to be worth more to pay off my mortgage in, in, in 15 years. So that's why people get scared of the debt work. But to me, it's you're going to get richer by having as much debt because that $1 is always going to have $1 of purchasing power. But mm-hmm. in the real world, that dollar is going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. So you want to acquire as many properties, put them on long-term debt and wait. And you're, 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 you can't avoid being wealthy if you do that. Right. And guys, uh, it, Ellen is talking about, you know, uh, as, a, as a very experienced real estate investor, right? I mean, um, the debt that he's talking about is a fixed rate mortgage, 
right? It's it's a thirty years fixed rate mortgage that 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 basically eventually is going to be the asset instead of liability, right? And eventually, right, the the debt that you you acquire is going to be become smaller and smaller as the government prints more and more dollars, right? Just just in the past eighteen months, I think the uh, government has printed out like forty percent of the currency in circulation. So basically, every ten dollars on on the market, four of them was printed in the last eighteen months. And now, what I want to also a lot of new investors or people considering this, you want to disassociate primary residence buying with real estate investing, right? So a lot of people are like, I don't want to buy a house and get a lot of debt, and that is not what I'm recommending because what's what I'm what that is is you are now buying a property that's a liability because you live in it and what's paying for that property is your job. So if you lose your job, uh, then you can't pay for that property. But real estate investing is different because it's I am not paying that mortgage payment. The tenants are paying that mortgage payment. You're basically buying a small business, and that business is standalone. Where if I lose my personal job, I could still. That that doesn't affect this 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 investment property, right? The tenants are still paying it. I should have some emergency fund in case it's vacant or there's a major repair. Of course, I'm not advocating against that, but that's a different way to think about it. Like I don't want that personal debt that stresses me out, it worries me. You don't have to in real estate investing get a create an LLC and have that a business debt, right? That's not necessarily tied to you but so it's it's different ways to look at it also people are like well housing prices are really high what if they crash well primary residence buyers again that affects you because typically a primary residence buyer a homeowner doesn't get to pick when they sell their house they outgrow it they get married they've got kids death divorce job transfer you're you're at the whims of something else of when you have to sell your primary residence so you are beholden to what's happening in the market Real estate investing, it's cash flowing. It's making me at least 100 bucks a month. I can wait until a hot seller's market right now to sell. But if it's a terrible market, then it'll continue cash flowing. If housing prices crash 20%, rental prices don't crash 20%. Uh, if anything, I've got a 12-month lag because I've got a one-year lease. But housing crisis typically means something big is happening in the economy. There's going to be more rental tenants than ever before. Because there's fewer people buying a home. Exactly. People have lost their homes. People have lost their jobs. So actually, I have a stronger tenant pool. So it's almost, mm-hmm. um, you know, nothing is risk-free, but it's 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 almost risk-proof in, in, in many ways. Exactly. So buying for cash flow. That's that, key. It, it, and wait. And and you, you yep. start young, like I did at 22, and then 22 years, you're going to be on a podcast and, and writing three books about how to make a lot of money. So. That, that's that's what happened to nice, me. I had nice. no idea. Yeah, podcast didn't exist when I got started. Yeah. <laughs> nice, Alan. How? Uh, so you you mentioned that you you now have uh, three hundred plus um, uh, units uh, over three hundred right? doors. Yes. Uh, what? Over okay, over three hundred doors. Uh, like what? What type of property those are? Those you know, multifamily. You know, single family. Yeah, I, I, so. Over my 22 years, I've done it all. I've done the single. I used to have single 50 single-family homes. I've recently sold those. Um, I've done new construction, short-term rentals, um, commercial, residential. Uh, so it's 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 what you asked me this month could be a completely different story next month. But right now, I have um, um, about 20 small small multi-families, um, which 
unit doors, which is sort of what a small multifamily means, duplex, triplex, and quadruplexes. So two, three, and four units. You can mm-hmm. use a residential mortgage for that. Um, and then the other 300 and plus are large apartment buildings that I, p- I bought with partners. Um, and uh, typically it's those, those range between like, they're all 20 units or more per building. Um, Hmm. and you know, what I started, I started with a one bedroom condo in Brooklyn and I just told myself if I ever sold something, I want to buy something bigger. And so I, 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 I I turned that into a duplex, turned that duplex into a triplex, Mm -hmm. a triplex into a quad. And then that, and then I Mm -hmm. bought, you know, a a retiree's 50 home single family portfolio. Then I sold that now I'm buying an apartment building. So, um, that's, I, I started small. I, my first purchase was ninety nine thousand nice. six hundred dollars, uh, and I, I did Can that with a ten thousand dollar down payment, yeah. and um, snowballed it nice. up to over forty million dollars of real estate. Yeah, Alan, uh, that's that's uh, that's getting to a, a bit more details on how you snowboard. Say, if you buy one, uh, you know, you know, first condo, how do you turn that into you know a, a, a two unit, three unit, or four unit? Like, do you buy that with the cash flow or how do you do it? So um, I, house hacking is a very popular term. I, I, I did this, but this we, we didn't call it house hacking when I started, but it, it was just, uh, I, it didn't have a name. But I, I bought a one-bedroom condo, um, turned the living room into a second bedroom, lived in that, rented out the bedroom, and that covered up my mortgage. And so mm-hmm. that's house hacking where I owned a piece of property, a $100,000 condo in, in Brooklyn. And um, this was when no one wanted to live in Brooklyn. And um, it, but I wasn't, I had no living expenses. Living mm-hmm. expenses are typically 30 to 50% of someone's entire take-home pay. And mm-hmm. I felt like I doubled my take-up. I was, I was working tech support for $50,000 a year in uh, New York City. Um, and I felt like I, I doubled my take-up pay, which allowed me to save up. I, I, and so that money I would have paid to rent or I would have paid on my mortgage, I just put it into a checking account, saved that for a year. And then another year, I, I had like $15,000. And I was like, and I just got on this cadence where I was, I was like, guys, or, <laughs> I told myself, I'm just going to buy one piece of property every year for five years. And if I, mm-hmm. I did the math, I was like, if I do that, I can retire. And so that was my goal. And so I saved up and I bought a a, a duplex after that, uh, another house hack situation that, that really changed my life because I bought a duplex that was um, a three bedroom on top of a three bedroom. Um, Mm -hmm. And I lived in one unit, the one room that had no window. So it wasn't technically a room, Mm -hmm. but I lived there, rented out all the other bedrooms for like six, 700 bucks each Uh, on that second purchase. I was profiting $2,000. So all my cash flow from rental income paid off my mortgage and all my utilities. Plus I was making $2,000 a month, which was more than my take home pay at my day job. And Mm -hmm. then that's when I was like, all right, I'm all in on real estate. And I just was like, acquire as many as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So uh, basically you're just working and saving up and also collecting the cash flow to roll into the next property. Basically, that's what you have been doing for the first five years of your journey. Yeah. And so I was that 20-year-old 
like I was, I was very frugal, uh, penny pitching, uh, and, and I was eating ramen just so I could save money to buy another house. I was, I would drink waters, you know, out at the bars in between every beer just to pace myself and save an extra five bucks. And so a lot of people are like, I don't want to sacrifice my twenties. I don't feel like I sacrificed my twenties. Like, like I wasn't spending that $2,000 on fancy outfits or cars or anything like that. To me, it's like, Hey, people were impressed because I owned, you know, four or five properties in, in Brooklyn in my twenties. Uh, but I, I was never showy about it because I, I was always so obsessed with saving for that next property and saving for that next property. And then now that I'm 44, like I, I it's, it's paying off and I can have those luxuries and um, I can, right. I only work for myself now uh, where, you know, some people who took different choices in their twenties had spent more money in their twenties. Now they're like at that stage in their life. We're like, man, I've got to work another 20 uh, until I'm 60 or 70 or 80 or whatever. Um, and so they're playing catch up, but it's the same sort of thing. If you start investing in your forties now, buy and wait in 20 years, 30 years, you're, you're going to, you'll be comfortable. So um, it, I, I just got lucky and, and, and decided to do this earlier than most. And so I spend my time now trying to teach others, get, get started. It doesn't matter your age. However, the earlier, the better, the better the payoff. Exactly. And uh, people, if you are listening, and Ellen is a very humble person, right? I mean, he, it, it was just not luck. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of education. There's a lot of, um, you know, learnings, you know, behind the scene. I, I, I'm sure, right? You, you, you got to make a lot of mistake, learn from a mistake, right? It, it, it's not, it's not like you, you just, you know, have go buy a piece of property. You still need to, you know, manage it. You know, get through the, you know, tax issue. You know, the tenant issue. You know, fix the toilet, things like that, right? So, in in regards to those learning, is there anything that worth you know, pointing out, uh, you know, for the new, you know, investor, Alan? I mean, that, that's what my most recent book is, House Fire, teaches you everything that I've learned in 22 years, which I think is only, I try to make it the only book you need, but um, it's, uh, you're never going to learn without experience. So you can read every book, you can listen to every podcast, you can sign up for every course, whatever. It does not going to make sense till you actually go into action. Like Actually, um, exactly. three different times in my life, I was like, I love real estate. This is what I want to do. I'm going to go get a master's in real estate. And so I apply and three different times uh, I, I got into different you know, MBA uh, programs to focus on real estate. And then there was like right before like the, the commitment, like you sign, it was like, whatever, this is going to cost $100,000 for two years. This is going to cost $80,000 for a year or whatever, the different programs at different price points. And every time I, I, I just couldn't sign it because I was like, wait a minute, I can take $100,000 and sit in the classroom for two years, or I can take $100,000, put it into a property right now. And mm -hmm. if that goes to zero, I'll probably, I fail. I make every mistake. I'll probably get the same education as I do in, in college, but if not better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but with, I actually turned that hundred thousand dollars because I tracked it into a million dollar profit. And so, nice. you know, sure, I could have studied for two years and gotten to go work someone for someone else, and maybe I would have made more. I don't know. But um, that's the way I look at it. Was hey, 
I'm not going to, the best experience, no matter what, is me putting my own money into a deal and learning on the spot. And like you said, I was buying landlord books, watching YouTube videos, uh, figuring out as I go. Um, and um, that's what I would do in, in school. Ask questions for the teacher, read, read the, the, the worksheets again, do the math problems again or whatever. Um, what we'll, we'll come back to it is it's very simple math. It's, it's not difficult financial modeling. It's addition and subtraction. What am I getting each month in rent? Let's subtract the mortgage payments, subtract the property taxes, subtract 10% budget for vacancies, 10% budget for repairs, 10% budget for capital expenditures, which are like big ticket items like roofs and HVACs. And then, and then what is that after you subtract that out? What is that equal? Oh, it's more than a hundred. Go buy it. And so it's like, oh, I don't need, I don't even need a calculator. Like it's, uh, it's so simple. And I was just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Nice. And, uh, you mentioned that, you know, there's a transition on your, on your, on your, on your thought, right? Um, instead of putting the money into, you know, the degree, you put that onto real estate. In terms of mindset, because this is what our podcast is about, right? The mindset transition. You want to touch on, you know, what was the mindset you had before and how did it transform you into another mindset? I, I believe a lot of listeners right now, they, you know, get stuck right here, you know, preventing them from taking action. Yeah. I'm, so my mindset was I hate my job. I hate my job. And I, it, it wasn't that the job was bad. I think I would hate any job. I, I hated any job. I hated a boss. I hated that I, woke, I had to wake up. I was 20 years old. I just graduated college and felt like an adult, real world for the first time. I hated that I didn't have complete autonomy. Um, and so that's what I, I woke up every day saying, the faster I buy five properties, the faster I can leave my day job because I felt like five properties of cash flow based on what I had already done on my first property and my second property, five properties would replace my day job income of $50,000. And I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And so I just need to work my job for five years, save up every dollar I can buy a property. And so then it made me enjoy my job because it was like, oh, I'm at this job because this job is going to allow me to buy a property because I need a, mm -hmm. a job to get a mortgage and I need money to for a down payment. And so then I, I, I did a mental switch uh, there where it was like, this job serves a purpose for me. It's not that I have to go to this job. It's I want to go to this job so that I can buy this. And then once I buy that, then it's like, okay, I got to go to the job so I can buy this. And then I was, I, that mindset shift, I was like getting a little bit of promotions, getting some bonuses, uh, you know, things like that. Um, and then my bosses started coming to me and these people were like the wealthiest people I knew because I was making $50,000. I knew no one in New York living in the projects. Mm -hmm. And then, so my boss is like the rich person in my life and mm -hmm. they're coming to me saying, Hey, Alan, how are you buying these properties? You know, tell me about it. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't know more. Like, you, I know more about finances than you do. And then, so that gave me confidence. Um, nice. And then to carry the story out, Barbara Corcoran on Shark Tank, um, very famous real estate investor. Mm -hmm. I, I found a property in Brooklyn. I renovated it. She personally bought it from me. Um, wow. and, uh, this was on the front page of the New York times, uh, real estate section nice. and, uh, first million dollar property sold in Red Hook, Brooklyn. And, and then I was like, wait a minute, 
I not only are my bosses thinking I'm doing something right. Barbara Corcoran bought a property from me, and I I, I had a really good return on it. And so I was, part of me was questioning myself, like maybe I shouldn't sell it. Like, what does Barbara know that I don't know? But also, it was like <laughs> I'm making so much money. And so I just kept getting these little confidence hits. Um, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing it right. And and like no matter what, like I can be the expert of my block is where I started. And yeah. then, and then once I, I knew everything on my block, what it was worth, who bought it, why, you know, what it sold for, what it looks like, then I was like, okay, let me go two blocks over. And then it was my neighborhood. And then it was my zip code. And I was like, if I just focus on this very narrow niche, I will be the expert. Barbara Corcoran doesn't have time to know block by block, house by house, what's happening in, in my zip code. Uh, so I have a competitive advantage because I live there. I walk my dog. I look at the, you know all the construction happening. I talk to all the contractors uh, and look at the permits, what's built, being built here. So I felt like I just slowly accumulated not only knowledge, but confidence. And then I put that into action. And so right. um, all those things sort of Good. added up. Impressive, impressive. So, Ellen, um, are, are you are your portfolio, you know, uh, uh, you know, now majority in uh, New York still? No. Or um, have you so, I, I've, I've my hometown's Atlanta. So, I, I recently moved back to Atlanta, and um, I, I I cashed out everything in, in New York uh, because mm-hmm. it's appreciated so much. I got better cash flow in Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. So, I. I'm not saying I'm. Li- I also have stuff in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm looking at stuff all around the Southeast, different parts of Georgia, uh, Tennessee, South Carolina. Um, so, sort of the Southeast, sort of Sun Belt, is sort of where I am now. And um, you know, I, I like to be within a drive of what I'm investing in. So, nice. um, that that's where I'm, I moved. I sold everything and moved 1031 did, which is a tax. Mm-hmm free exchange, um, right. tax deferral exchange, I should say. Um, yeah. And I, I get better returns down here and I'm able to acquire more properties with it. Nice, nice. So uh, what's your what's your next goal? I mean, since you have owned a lot of, you know, real estate right now and you, you probably got uh, way more, you know, money than you need, right? What What's going to be your next goal? I mean, to me, it's, it's pushing myself and learning new things. And I still am, hey, everything I buy, I want it to be bigger than the last thing. You know, kind of right. thing. So, um, that's and and I've found partners to help acquire that. So I've I've got two partners that that really have pushed this apartment building thing w- with me. Um, we're we're partners in money, but partners in knowledge. Uh, we all mm-hmm. have different skill sets and, and different networks and um, leverage all that to really kind of grow. And mm-hmm. um, so, uh, you know, I I have a bit of ADHD where I'm like, this is a nice shiny thing. I'm going to go buy it. Like I'm looking at storage uh, rentals. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, uh, mm-hmm. over 55 properties. Like it's, Hey, let me, does this make sense? Is there an opportunity here? If so, then uh, let's move on it. And so um, I like that because I learned something new in every deal. I've been doing this for 22 mm-hmm. years. So a lot of people are frozen because they don't know enough. And mm-hmm. I'm 22 years in. I don't think I know enough. Like I, I'm learning daily new things. And and so um, you won't know until you start experiencing it. Like like I said, podcast didn't exist when I started. YouTube didn't exist when I started. Airbnb didn't exist when I started. Uh, like like all these things. So I, I'm, I'm always learning new things. Like, mm-hmm. like it's um, – uh, that's what's fun to me. I enjoy learning new things about real estate. Um, mm-hmm. And so and putting my money into it 
makes me very invested uh, into learning and, and seeing it succeed. I'm not saying I have a perfect track record, you know, but if, if I break even on a deal, I the, I come out saying I learned a lot. And so mm-hmm. that next deal, I'll probably make double because of all the lessons I learned on that first deal. So it makes right. so, so even I just want to tell people that like even if you lose it all, even if you lose, you know, it's as good as a college education. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean quit. That means you've learned so much, you acquired so much knowledge. You, now you're not going to make those mistakes next time. You've got a competitive advantage over the next guy. You know, so it's um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's fun for me. Nice. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. When when good, good. draw, it's fun for me. Yeah, um, the other interesting topic that uh, that that uh, that I noticed is that you are author of three books. Um, I you know not 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 all the great real estate investor would would write books. What's your motivation? What's your um, you know intentions behind the books? So the reason the so the the reason I always wanted to be a writer. The a comedy writer. Um, and so the reason I moved to New York City was to, to be a comedy writer. But to be a comedy writer, you have to be a stand-up comedian. Um, and then people think you're funny because you're, you're telling your own jokes that you've written. And then people either hire you for a show or a movie or you pitch your own but or you hone your craft. And so um, I was spending my days at the day job uh, spending my nights at um, comedy clubs. And in between, I was reading every personal finance book, every real estate investing book, every wealth building book I could. And it was all textbook. It was droll, written by real estate investors who do not have a passion for writing or a mm-hmm. knack for storytelling in most cases. And so I just told myself, man, if I could just make an entertaining maybe funny real estate investing book uh, or personal finance book. Um, this is what I want to read. This doesn't exist. And so um, it got to the point where it's like, oh, I, I've got enough passive income. I don't have to be in my day job. Now I can follow my passions, which are writing. So I enjoy writing. I think they're funny. My reviews think they're funny. But listen, I'm, I'm, I'm now telling more dad jokes than I've ever been before. But uh, that just comes with age. But uh, I, I try to present my books in an entertaining fashion. And the reason I do that is because, like, you know, I want my wife to know what I do. Like, and I can mm-hmm. tell her about cap rates and cash flow all day. But if I put it in an entertaining story, she'll read that and she gets it, right? Um, and if I go to a friend, you know, my friend's like, I want to leave my day job. How do I get in real estate investing? And I just start talking about ARVs and rehabs. Their eyes glaze over. Oh, here's a book. Read it and then come back. Let's let's have a talk. So I, I try to make it very digestible um, uh, in, in that right. fashion. Okay. And it's fun for me uh, as well. Um, and so, yeah, so I've, I've read three books and, and probably more in my horizon at some point. Nice. Is there any, uh, you know, passion that you have on other things that you, uh, awaiting you to, to do or achieve? I mean, I, 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 I'm a business owner. I've, I've got five or six different businesses. I'm a partner in a mortgage company, um, property management company. There's a bunch of different things. So, um, I've got things, I've got ideas that I want to pursue outside of real estate. Uh, so that's probably on the horizon. Um, but also I've got three kids. And so I, I don't know if you call your kids passion, but they fill my day and, and fill me with joy and For sure. spending every minute with them is, is really where my spare time goes these days. Right. Right. Especially you have three, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, 
there's one question that uh, you know we always ask uh, our guests uh, is the books that influence you the most. Um, other than the three, three books you have, yep. you know, author, those are great. Um, what would you say the books or the books that influence you the most throughout the journey or, you know, encouraging you in the downtime or things like that? Yeah. Um, there was one book. Um, it was called, uh, oh man, I have it on my book. I have it on my bookshelf somewhere. Um, it, it was like the first one that I thought was sort of entertaining uh, fashion. Um, what's I should have it blanked my mind, but I recently read it and it didn't hold up, mm -hmm. but it, it spoke to me uh, when I was 20. And it, it was um, the guy talking about how he grew up on a pig farm and mm -hmm. uh, thought he could never make it. And uh, I, I sort of like, I, I love the storytelling, the mm -hmm. coming from nothing to something, which mm -hmm. is, is my personal story, but I related to it because I had nothing when I was reading these books. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there's... Yeah, so if you, if you want to send that to me, yeah. if, if you want to send it to me, I'll, you know, after we'll our interview, with, we'll uh, include that yeah. in note. Uh, I will, I will. It, yep, we'll, we'll include oh, that. I, so, I, we'll, I found yeah, uh, I got it. Here it is. It's called Building Wealth um, with Russ Whitney kind of thing. Oh, uh-huh. Um, I, I, I heard of that, yep. So Russ Will Whitney recently sort of – he sells some scammy weekend courses now, so I, I don't recommend it go, <laughs> go all in on Russ Whitney. But um, uh, this this was the book that, that got me – it was like the last book I read after reading like 100 where it's like, boom, I'm ready to put an offer on something. And so nice. that was why I was, I'll always try to write a book that – creates that same feeling and urgency like hey you've got enough knowledge now go out and do it um and so uh, i try to teach that on on for free uh, on my social media channel um nice. at the house of ac as well great great um and you kind of touch on my next questions alan how can people find you so my name is alan Corey. my friends call me ac um i record here from my house so all my social media is the house of ac um, if you Google that, it uh, returns a lot of stuff about air conditioning. So maybe it's bad branding, but you'll find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, the, the House of AC, uh, and um, you know on YouTube as well. For sure, and we'll we'll include those link in our notes. So we'll make sure that uh, people listening will be able to find it. Alan, I want to appreciate your time coming today. You have uh, uh, offered tons of great, valuable advice and contents to our podcast. I really appreciate it. And if if you uh, if people you are listening in right now, you feel like there are a piece that 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 uh, still you know stop you from taking action, listen to this podcast again. Right, the energy that Alan is putting in really will motivate you to moving forward. Reach right. out to me anytime. Happy to answer any of your questions and uh, get you on, going on the property ladder. Um, you know, you're going to get objections from your family who are not real estate investors, your brother-in-law in another state, uh, cousins, friends. They're like, you're crazy. You're 22 uh, and you're buying a property. Well, just just record those conversations so when you're 44, you can show them you know, all, all the doors that opened up uh, for you because you, you did that. Great. Awesome. Thanks again, Alan. And thank you for listening. Thanks, Benjamin. Hi, everyone. What's your highlight of the week? 
Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I'm Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary thing in their life, how their mindset shift to help them achieve it. We discuss their story of success and the mindset that drive them into achieving the impossible. I hope you enjoyed the episode today.